0: Tabletop Tim here, thanking Hedwig and Carlo for their continued support. Side note, if Dee and Daniel maybe wanted to go somewhere to talk things over, work something out, I get off at six.
1: Hello and welcome to the Probably bad Podcast, a podcast which is definitely bad. I'm Pencil.
0: I'm paper. And that was weirdly upbeat. <laughs> Today's probably bad RPG idea is... Determine how dark the tone of your game is by how dark it is outside when you start playing.
1: So the thing I like about this is that in most cases, it will fit kind of like, you know, your traditional sort of narrative beat of everything starts off reasonably lighthearted and then gets darker and tenser as things go on. But then when it doesn't fit that... It becomes incredibly ridiculous. Like you start off playing at midnight and it just immediately begins with your character getting like stabbed in the guts. But it's summer, so two hours later, you're all fine.
0: Like it's almost doing like a reverse 10 candles.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Ten candles, but you light another candle repeatedly, and every time you do, the monsters are revealed more and more to be adorable anime-esque mo mascots.
0: It's, like, do... Scooby... it's like Scooby-Doo, you know, it's like, oh, you're running from the monsters, it's going to get you, and then your mum comes in and turns the light on, and <laughs> oh, it's Old Man Jenkins!
1: <laughs> okay, so it's not just how dark it is outside, it's how dark it is just in general in the room. So, like, if you want to do well, a I figure
0: game. we've we've already deviated from the idea because it's spec- it specifies when you start. Oh, yes,
1: it does. Oh, So well. why
0: not just go the whole hog?
1: Yeah, you start the game. <laughs> like every time you want to do an emotional or serious scene, you have to go and turn the light off.
0: I mean, I feel like there are probably people who already do that.
1: Mm. Also, I like the idea of like, so you know, you have like you get off yeah. role players who just refuse to take the game seriously and keep goofing around, like, no matter what's going on. Mm-hmm. It's just, you got the dark room and everyone is dark and they're just there with, like, a torch, flashlight held under their face, like they're telling an old spooky story around a campfire. And the only way to get them to stop goofing around is to wrestle the flashlight off them.
0: Conversely, if your players, are, if one of your players is being way too grimdark, like, trying to be the one murder hobo in the group, you just put a spotlight on them and everyone <laughs> stares at them as they as they're illuminated until they stop it.
1: Like, I have a flashlight that if I shined a flashlight at you, your character has to do a goof regardless of tone.
0: I'm trying to work out how you could quickly like remove light from someone to make them have to do something dark and all i can think is throw a blanket on them yeah
1: you've got the drama blankets and whenever like you know your <laughs> character's like mortal enemy is returned and it's going to be a serious scene with them you throw the drama blanket over the player like so do if you you're then just...
0: obtain a series of blankets of different thicknesses yes. depending on how dark you want the scene to be
1: So, you know, at the start of, like, a horror game, and because obviously a horror game can encompass a lot of things from campy Dracula to horrible torture. Mm -hmm. So at the start of the game, the GM sits there and all of the players just team up to put a blanket over their GM and the thickness of blanket determines how dark they want their horror game to be.
0: I mean, there's worse ways of communicating that.
1: Yeah, like, it's... Yeah, you've just you've just got the um, tone blanket. It's like the X card, except instead of holding up the X card, you throw a blanket over your GM so they stop talking.
0: <laughs> like a parrot. Yeah,
1: your GM is in a little cage, and when like you you had enough RPG, you just put a blanket over the cage.
0: Now, just considering how useful a dimmer switch would be.
1: Oh yeah, that might be more useful than our elaborate scheme of dozens of blankets and cages.
0: Oh no, I like the blankets, because, you know, that you don't see a lot of dimmer switches. Hmm. But if you do have one, and the game's getting too dark, you can just go and, like, crank it up.
1: Hmm.
0: And the DM's immediately like, and then everyone turns into kittens.
1: <laughs> like... What happens if the lights malfunction and it's just flickering on and off? Everyone turns into kittens, but the kittens have knives, but the knives produce chocolate, but the chocolate is poisoned. And it just continues like that.
0: And if you have a power cut, rocks fall, everyone dies. Yeah.
1: I mean, somebody... it makes
2: perfect sense to me.
1: Yeah, somebody go fix the fuse box before my character gets eaten by a tarasque.
2: The room is only illuminated
0: by a single candle Above which is a rope That your (laughs) characters are dangling from
1: This is now going into that Yeah, the amount of lighting in the room Is the amount of lighting in the game Which is also a great way to explore caves and stuff You should implement that
2: I like that
0: so, like, if if it's pitch black, then I don't know. Do you give people like night vision goggles to simulate dark vision?
1: Yeah, everyone who has dark vision. Gets to wear uh, night vision goggles, and everyone else just has to stumble into things and break their shins.
0: I feel like that's also a fun way to demonstrate to your players. Like, no, you can't immediately go from pitch darkness to bright bright daylight. And your and your dark vision means it's fine. Your dark vision means you're going to be blinded for a moment.
1: Yeah, like the way you do that is if a player says that, you just immediately shine a powerful flashlight in their face.
2: This is what you get
0: for playing a drow, Steve.
1: Yeah, just just really aggressive gming. Like I reckon, I reckon like you could leap that gap. Oh, could you, Steve? Well, there it fucking is. Go.
0: This is very gradually becoming, like, moving from the lighting sets the tone to mazes and monsters.
1: All our things eventually lead to mazes and monsters.
0: That's true. All roads lead to LARPing, is what I'm learning.
1: (laughs) You you reckon you wouldn't have disadvantage fighting someone with a weapon? Come on then, bro, let's go. And then you start attacking (laughs) them with your flashlight.
2: But yes, I think,
1: yeah, going back to the idea as opposed to fighting Steve, because I need to do that less often. (laughs) Yeah, I think like, yeah, you can also go to like the Arctic Circle to get like 30 days of very, very dark campaigning if you think that most of your game group won't be into that. Like if you have like five people in your game group who are up who are like into like, you know, really dark and messed up RPGs and obviously you don't want, to, you know, everyone else to sort of get involved with that, you just go to the Arctic Circle.
0: That's definitely the easiest way to do that. Yes. Apropos of nothing, have you heard of blackout curtains?
1: Um, they seem less efficient than going to the Arctic Circle.
0: That's fair. I mean, you've got to go to the shop, you've got to measure the windows.
1: Yeah. And like if if and you can do the inverse, in that if you have like, you know, people who are only into really light hearted fluffy games, you just go to the Arctic Circle during the summer. And you know, you don't have black-in curtains.
0: If only there was some sort of artificial illumination you could have in your house.
1: Alas. You know. Technology hasn't advanced that far. The only thing that's been invented is a plane that will take you to the Arctic Circle. No one has ever invented any other technology.
2: I do you think, though, just the uh, the idea
0: as written is quite fun. Hmm. Like, firmly, the light level when you start sets the tone, I think is quite fun. because yeah. If you're starting a game in the middle of the day, you're just going to be in more of a light and fluffy mood than if you're starting a game at, like, 9pm.
1: Like, it also sort of... If the game's been delayed an hour, everyone's, like, frustration over the game being delayed means that the game will now be darker as
2: a game. Which... Yeah,
0: it's... It makes too much sense, and that's why it's a bad
1: RPG idea. Like, you know, if you break into your GM's house at midnight and demand they run a game for you, the game will probably be quite bleak and may involve fighting your GM, which would make sense as it's being done at midnight.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Plus, like, you know, I've started
0: playing um, Dungeon Crawl Classics and it starts later than, than my other games, and it's yeah. darker, so, you know, that tracks. Relevant
1: question. So suppose it's like an um, online game, and it's night time or late evening in one country, but daytime in the other. Do, do the two characters have wildly different tonal adventures? Like, everyone who's playing in the UK is on, like, A grim quest to defeat a vampire that's preying on the poor and vulnerable. And everyone in America is going to rescue a magical woodland elf.
0: I think it's more about the characters' approach. Hmm. Like, I think the people, the characters played by the Americans, would be having just a great time. Yeah. And then there's one edgy Brit in the corner, like, life is pain, but I will do this thing.
1: Just doesn't have this, but...
0: Just the, the emo party member.
1: Yeah, the emo party member, but they are dressed in with a monocle and, like, bowler hat. What well, yeah, ho, that's ho- how Fe- you know they're
0: British. What,
1: Hogan Fellows? Life is pain.
0: <laughs> <laughs> emo Bertie Worcester is a character I now have to play.
1: And on that note, we should possibly go to questions.
2: Hi, I'm Hazel and I
0: present the Bread and Thread podcast with Liz, also known as Paper from Probably Bad. Um, Bread and Thread is a podcast about food history and domestic history and generally social history. We delve into a lot of different things. So if you'd like to know which country has laws against importing sheep, what cookbook will tell you how to make a great martini and also how to survive a nuclear bomb attack? Uh, or why you are using a fork right now, then come over to Bread and Thread
2: and give us a listen. You can find us on Spotify, or wherever else podcasts are, I don't know.
1: Um, Our first question is anonymous. What are you going to do now that you've
3: watched all the movies? Die?
2: I mean,
0: so I wasn't sure if this was one that that the person wanted answering on here or just in general, but I I thought we might as well discuss it here. Is <clears throat> for for those who you know, if, if you haven't been listening long or if you've been listening in a random order, which I know some people do. Um, every tenth episode we have watched and reviewed. An official Dungeons and Dragons movie.
1: We've now done them all.
0: We've done them all until the new one comes out next year.
1: Because our work is never
3: over.
0: Hmm. But I know one, one thing we thought about maybe doing was commentary tracks for the D&D cartoon. Ooh, yeah.
1: Like the thing is, I've never seen a D and D cartoon. I know nothing about. The
0: oh, D&D I haven't cartoon. either.
1: Um, I know that there's a weird little man who's the dungeon man, and I think it's pe kids it get sucked into um the D and D world. But I know nothing about it, so it'll be interesting for me to have opinions. I already dislike the third child to be introduced. I don't know which one that will be, but I will have a pointless resentment towards them.
0: I'm going to hold you to that.
1: Um, the other... Um, but yeah, like, it turns out there's actually quite a lot of D&D media. I'm shocked. Uh, people make D&D stuff, apparently. So, yeah. We're going to do the comic... Not the comics. We're going go to do the cartoons... And yeah, after that, as I said, I will I will finally be laid to rest having completed my unfinished business.
0: I mean, there is also the option of just looking at random adventure modules and stuff like that. Yeah. But I think I think the cartoon will provide the most fun because it sounds absolutely bonkers.
1: Yeah, like it sounds like a very 80s we're going to make a cartoon of this thing having skimmed the rule book while on cocaine but again i don't know it so maybe it will in fact be a serious exploration of kafka's account of um bureaucratic systems we'll see
0: well because ne- neither of us have seen it we don't know
1: yeah uh, yeah if but, it is know, in um, fact
0: effect... we are we are also open to suggestions for what to do for episode yeah. 60
1: yeah, if it is, in fact, a very poorly named um, critical analysis of Kafka's metamorphosis, um, we'll keep you updated.
0: Mm. <coughs> um, so the other question that we have is anonymous, and it's, how do I ask out my DM?
1: So firstly, you send in an anonymous message to their RPG podcast. I'm going to go incredibly hubristic here. I don't know which of my players would ask me out, but I'm going to go incredibly hubristic here. Like, I
0: think I'm hoping best... it's one of your players rather than one of mine.
1: <laughs> I mean, I guess to be fair, one of your players is your spouse, so that's mildly adorable. Yeah, I think the best way to do it is you get a dice... But you replace all of the numbers with the letters for will you go out with me. And then you hand it them and go, hey, would you mind using this when you roll? Have your character ask out... I
0: believe that's 18 letters.
1: Yeah. Natural ones and natural 20s remain. Okay. Uh, If they roll a natural 20, they say yes. And if they roll a natural one, they say no.
0: I like that, because it's it's not... If you get a natural 20, they say yes. This is yeah. just... You're, the, you're just so great that obviously going out with you is in that 20.
1: Yeah. I was thinking, like, you ask out the GM, and the GM's like, uh, I'll roll for it. Which, incidentally, is a great response to someone asking you out.
0: So I guess the actual first step would be to work out your charisma modifier.
1: Yeah. What I would do, okay, so as a trial run, you know, attempt to seduce your GM and be like, oh, yeah, I'm just figuring out how Charisma. Is. And then they'll give you a number. And then after that, you ask them out legitimately once you know what your odds are with your Charisma shorts, um, modifier.
0: So I guess a follow-up question is, how do you work out your own Charisma modifier? I feel, I feel like you need to get feedback from other people.
1: Yeah. So ask out all the members, all the other members of your game group first, and based on the number of them that say yes, you can figure out your like you can use like statistical modeling based on how many like to determine what your likely um, charisma modifier is. That makes sense. And then you if can you ask out of, your GM.
0: If you kind of assume that you're rolling a ten. Yeah. Although you do also have to take their DCs into account. Yeah.
1: So what you do is like, so like so if the
0: hot, if the hottest person in your group says yes, that's a higher DC than if the mm. le, the least hot person. Okay. Says yes.
1: So you go up to every player in your group individually. You ask them how likely they would be to date you on a scale of you know DC one to DC whatever. Mm-hmm. They give you a number. You ask them out. Um, they either say yes or no. Now. With these two bits of information and assuming an average role, you might need to ask them out, like, two or three times to, like, you know, just account for, like, you know, outlying roles. And then, yeah, I mean,
0: it's not real science unless you do it multiple times.
1: And then you'll have, your, you'll have a good guess at your charisma modifier and you'll have a um, good guess at the average DC of your game group in terms of being asked out. Uh, and then you ask out your DM. And then you hand them the dice so they can roll to see if they say yes.
2: It's convoluted, but it's also kind of adorable.
0: Hmm. So I'm into it.
1: I think the other way to ask out your DM is to ask out like every single NPC and see how long it takes them to get the picture, unless you're playing the bard, and then they will just assume you're playing a bard.
0: Ask out your DM by saying that you brought snacks for the group. And give everyone a different Swizzles Matthews sweet, but give your DM love hearts
1: mm.
0: and refuse to elaborate.
1: I feel like, you know, you can make that more more blatant. So you start off with that. And then next time you're like, yeah, I brought snacks for the group. And then you just give love hearts to your GM. And then for the third one, you say, yeah, I brought a snack for the group. And then you just lie on the table in front of your GM and wink there are three levels of like flirting and those are the three levels
0: i mean i i don't know how serious you were when you asked us this but we are probably not the correct people to mm. ask how to ask someone out yeah i mean out. i feel
1: like the answer is probably just just ask them out
0: yeah i don't think
1: there's a special dm tip
0: like i d- i did not know i was being flirted with until i was asked out over a week later so I do not know t- how to romance.
1: <laughs> yeah, so, as you can see, I do know how to romance, so if you follow all of my advice, success is guaranteed. Bring your, like, sexy character sheet as opposed to your standard character sheet.
0: It's the same as a normal character sheet, except it's printed on some lingerie. Hmm.
1: It's the same as a normal character sheet, except it has massive great Badonka honker honks.
0: What you do is you get your passive perception tattooed on one breast and your armor class tattooed on the other one. So every time your DM wants to check them, they have to look at your tits.
1: I hope this is helping you um, find true love.
2: (laughs) Uh,
0: Yeah, so that was a little bit short this week, but. I hope you in, enjoyed the podcast. If it you was want a little bit
1: short, sure, but we did have to stop before we made any more flirting ideas.
0: Yeah. Um, if you want more podcast or some homebrews or just to hang out with us on Discord, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash probablybadrpgideas. Um, and we also have an email, podcast at gmail.com. If if you want to hang out with us, just very very briefly instead.
3: Wait, there's a wide spectrum of hanging
1: out with us you can do, and by wide I mean two options.
0: I mean I guess there is the third option of you know find out where we play and then go there, but I would rather you didn't do that. And I'm not saying I'm not saying it's a good idea. I'm saying it's technically an option.
1: This is a third method of asking your GM out, which is, they're not your GM, but you have shown up at their game night in a disguise.
2: And then you whip off the disguise and say,
0: it's me, go out with me. And then stand there awkwardly while they try and work out where they know you from.
1: Yeah, like, I do enjoy whipping off a disguise to reveal, it's me, somebody you've never heard of. Um... More... Yes, the podcast is over.
0: Yeah, so don't stalk your DM and remember, and remember to have to a happy bad, bad day. day.